There has been a lot of baptisms in this place over the years. Uh, I don't know that there's been one more moving uh, than that. That was a, just a powerful, powerful experience. Praise God for that. Sometimes we can have a lot of, lot of excuses for why we're not willing to do what God wants us to do. When we see something like that, it kind of just removes all the excuses, doesn't it? Well, I tell you what, I am so glad you're here tonight. Let's just, uh, let's just open our scripture up and let's just see what God has to say to us. We're in week two of this series, uh, The Ten. We're looking just a, a deep dive at the Ten Commandments. And, and tonight I've entitled this message, The Cussing Commandment, because that's what I grew up knowing it as, the Third Commandment. I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but that's kind of how I, 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 I knew it as a kid. But we're going we're gonna to kind of go a little bit deeper. It's a little bit more, uh, more than that tonight. But let's just recap where we've been uh, last week. Uh, with commandment number one, the first commandment, the Scripture says, we shall have no other gods uh, uh, before me. The Lord says, you shall have no other gods before me. And so we talked really about what that meant when we just bring an idol, a false god, and just sort of wave it in front of God's face and really the arrogance that sort of comes along with that in my life when I do that. The second commandment really stated this, not to make, uh, do not make for yourself an, an idol. And so what we talked about last week was many times we just try to make a manageable God. But the, the big loser in that is us because when we really water down God or try to make God manageable, we miss out on the majesty and all that he really wants uh, to do. And we said a couple things about the, the Ten Commandments last week that are just, I think, helpful for us to keep in mind as we continue to, to study on. The Ten Commandments were never meant to be a path to salvation. Does that make sense? But a clear path to greater freedom as followers of Christ. They're, they aren't a path to salvation, but they are a path to greater freedom. You know, sometimes people say, well, well people in the Old Testament, they were saved by the law, but we're saved by grace. And that, that's not true. Like, the, the Ten Commandments are in the book of Exodus. And so prior to the book of Exodus, the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, Abraham was saved by faith. He was looking forward to a Messiah that was going to come. And so God's people were never saved through through the law. Uh, Abraham was saved before the law was even given. He was saved because he knew there was a Messiah that was coming. The, ten, the second thing about the Ten Commandments, and this is really going to come into play tonight because I want to I really try to capture attention, whatever it has to do to capture attention. The Ten Commandments were really re re meant to reveal the glory of God because we have to think about the context. Children of Israel are coming out of captivity in Egypt, this pagan culture, and they're about to go into the land of Canaan. Now, it really should have only taken a few months to do that, but they parlayed that into uh, 40 years because of their disobedience. But these commandments or their obedience to these commandments were meant to show this, this pagan group of people in Canaan the glory of God by the way they live their life very differently. And that's still in play today, right, as we, we honor the Lord. And then finally, what we said last week, which I think is important, we just always need to keep in mind, the ten were given, the commandments were, were given really to show us our need for a Savior because we couldn't keep them. Like, you know, a lot of times people say, well, well you know, I'm, I'm saved by just trying to live out the Ten Commandments. The problem is most of us don't even know the Ten Commandments. Like, last night in my group, I, the first question, I shouldn't have done it, but somebody did it to me. So last night in, in, in my small group, we, we, I just put up on the board and said, we'll just have a Ten Commandment quiz. Let's just go ahead and see how many of them we can get. And I thought we'd work together as a group and try to put the Ten Commandments. We could just pool all of our knowledge together and we could, you know, come up with all ten of them. One of the guys in our group just came up and says, I got them all. He said, I, I, I remember, memorized these years ago, and he, he taught us a little technique for that. And it's on our website, and it is really cool, a little acrostic to how to remember the Ten Commandments. So you need to go on there and watch John's uh, 
teach us how to remember the Ten Commandments. It's pretty good. But th- they, were, they were meant to show us our need for a Savior because we can't keep them. I grew up in, uh, I've all grew up in Middle Tennessee my whole life. Any of you long-time Middle Tennessee folks remember Opryland? Oh, yeah, it was big time, wasn't it? And, and so you'd go ride rides at Opryland when you were a kid. These rides had, had a, a little sign-up. You had to be this tall to ride. Remember that? And, and, and so as a little guy, you just couldn't wait till you were tall enough till you, you, you could get on that ride. Well, as it, as it relates to the commandments as far as having your standing with God or being forgiven, I mean, the, the, the commandments set a bar way too high. If perfection is, is, is what is required, and it is, keeping all of the law, then we all fall short. So the Ten Commandments just t- show us that we need a Savior. And so tonight, let's jump into commandment number three. So we're going to look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, just one verse. So we're going to understand the cussing commandment. Is that all right tonight? I hope that doesn't offend you because, again, that's just how I grew up. Commandment number three was just the cussing commandment. And so here it is. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless uh, who misuses his name. Now, I grew up and memorizing this, that we shouldn't take the Lord's name uh, in, in vain. Maybe that's how you, you grew up. But so what, what, is, what does this commandment really mean, not to misuse uh, the Lord's name? Now, before we kind of begin to, before we begin to break it down, there is, a, there is a warning associated with this commandment. Like if, if we misuse this commandment, then it says that, that God is not going to hold us guiltless. And so there's a warning. And so you see the children of Israel, they don't keep these commandments. And that's why an entire generation dies off 40 years before the, the children are able to go into the promised land. So there's a lot at stake here. Now, the, the third commandment really is, is this, to not misuse the name of the Lord our God. Now, the, what we really need to push into for a few minutes tonight is this, this one word, name. To not misuse the name of the Lord. Because this, this idea of the name of God is, is very different. And we can't get an understanding of the third commandment until we really press in here. For the Hebrews... A name was not something that they had. Like, we have, we have a name. I mean, my name's Brady. That's a weird name, right? Like, I remember growing up, like, nobody was named Brady. And everybody always says, you know, that, that's Brady Bunch, right? I can't tell you how many times I've, I've heard that. Like, it's not original. It's not funny. I'm over it, right? Leave me alone. But my, my name, that's just what I have. It doesn't really define who I am. Does that make sense? But for the Hebrews, it's very different. For the Hebrews, a name was not something they had, but something that they were. Their name was their character. Like, let me give you some examples. Of that. In, in, in the Old Testament, uh, in, in the book of Genesis, Jacob. Jacob's name meant deceiver. He was a deceiver from the very b- beginning. He tried to steal his birthright from his brother. He was a deceiver really his entire life. There's a character that we meet in, in 1 Samuel named Nabal. His, his, his name means a perverse fool. That's a bummer, isn't it? Like, what a, what a terrible name. But that's really, he was a foolish guy. And, and even in his dealings with King David, he dealt with King David very foolishly, and it cost him his life. So it wasn't just, a name wasn't just something they had. It really was their character, right? So that, that, that'll help us tonight. Name equals character. So when you see name in Scripture, it, it, it means character. And you can really think about this when we say not to misuse the name of God, that really, we could really insert the character of God there for name. So let, let's kind of break it down tonight to understand a little bit about the cussing, cussing commandment. Now, here's the first thing. Uh, this third law is about more than our language, 
but not less. Let me say that again, because most of the time, and I've done this before, when preachers preach on the third commandment, they would say, you know what, this commandment is, is, is not about just, just using the Lord's name or, you know, saying, you know, you, you know having uh, perverse or profane language, like cursing. It, 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 it's not that. Well, let me just say this. It's not less than that. It's not that, but it's not less than that. It, it, it's, it's more than cussing, but it's not less than that. Like, the, this third law really forbids careless words. That's what it's getting at careless words that, that I speak. And, and remember why this is so important, because one of the things that the law was going to do for the children of Israel after they came out of captivity and moved into this, to the land of Canaan, where they would be surrounded by pagan people, is their obedience to the law was really going to set them apart. Does that make sense? In other words, people were going to understand more about the nature of God by the way the children of Israel lived these laws out. And so their language was going to be a way to do that. And that is just... That is so true for us. So I want to just burn this into our mind. The third commandment is about more than just our language, but it's not less than that. Like the words that I say really matter. Let me just read a couple passages of Scripture for you to try to drive this home just a little further. Psalms 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So that begs the question for me, are my words pleasing to the Lord? Listen to Colossians 3, 8. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, meaning because we have a new nature as followers of Christ, this is a part of our new nature. We need to rid ourselves of these, these old things. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and what? filthy language from your lips. So the the third commandment, not to misuse the name of the Lord, is about more than our language, but it's not less than that. Like our words really matter, right? Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Let let me just read this, and then we're going to move on. I, I, I promise. Jesus talking about the Pharisees that were super far from God. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? Listen to this. For your mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So really, uh, my language or the things, the words that I say, really, in many ways, what is Jesus saying, really reflect what's going on in the inner man of me. So it's really important. Our words are, our words are very, very important. So the third law is about way more than just our language, but it's, it's not less than that. That's a really important thing. And so here's a question before we move on to really wrestle with. Does my language set me apart as a Christ follower? Do the words that I say, the words that I speak, do they really set me apart? Because isn't it true we can say something in a moment that can so damage our witness? Isn't that true? And like, man, listen, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want this to, to, to come across as, man, this is just like a legalistic Thursday night, you know, and, and this is just a, what do you preach on? Well, cussing. You don't need to cuss, Right? But no, I'm, what I'm really saying is that is obedience to the law brings freedom, but obedience to the law really reflects what's going on. My, my words are really reflecting what's going on in my heart, and our language really sets us apart as a follower of Christ or really allows us to blend right into the culture, doesn't it? It's really a lot in st- at, at stake here. So the, the, the words that I'm speaking represent the Lord. So that's really what this third commandment's about. Let's look at the second thing that's about. We're going to go a little bit deeper, right? So the, the, second, the, the, the second thing we could say, this third law, not to misuse the name of the Lord our God, the, the third law says don't leverage God's name 
for our own credibility. Let's think about that. Don't leverage God's name, and his name represents his what? His character. So don't leverage God's good character for our poor character. This is the context of, of swearing or taking an oath. Like This is what the Hebrews were notorious for. When, when, when they were trying to make a deal or get out of a bad situation, they would swear on everything. They would swear on, on Jerusalem. They would swear on God's name, on everything they knew to be holy. Because why? They were trying to leverage God's good character for their poor character. And we'll do that a lot when we're in a tough spot. We'll, we'll, still, we'll still swear on things. I swear to God or I swear on the Bible or, or, or whatever. And really, what are we really doing? What we're trying to do there is leverage God's good character to cover maybe a flaw in ours. And anytime, anytime I'm having to do that, it's really, it's really probably showing a weakness in my character. Look at Leviticus 19 verse 12. Talking about the same thing. Leveraging God's good character for a flaw in mine. Do not swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of our God. I am the Lord. That's a pretty powerful thing, right? So there, there's just a lot of passages that, that deal with this. Jesus says something about this, and this is kind of can be a little bit of a confusing passage, but watch what Jesus says about, about this. And we, we've done, like everything we're going to talk about tonight, I've done it wrong. Every single thing we're going to talk about tonight, I've done it wrong, Right? But listen to what Jesus said about this same, this same topic in the Sermon on the Mount, right, in Matthew chapter 5, which, by the way, in your own personal study, one of the great things to do is, is read, the, read the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, over and over again, and then go to Matthew chapter 5 and read through the Sermon on the Mount multiple times. It's amazing what happens when we'll do those things together. Jesus said, again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. We'll get into that tonight. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is, is, is his footstool, or for by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Meaning, don't kind of leverage the city of Jerusalem or the name of God to try to make your case a little stronger. And do not swear by your head, which was, that's weird, right? For you cannot make even one hair white or black, or in my case, grow, right? But... God's created that, that too. All you need to say, listen, here's the point. Jesus says, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. So, so what is this really getting at tonight? And we'll do it a lot when we're in a tough spot. Maybe you're in an argument in, in, with, with your spouse. This probably never happened at your house. And we'll, we'll, well I, I swear, I swear that's where I was, Right? Or, you know, I swear I wasn't texting or over and over again. And, and, and anytime we need to do that, it's probably covering something. Don't use God's name. Here's the point. Don't use God's name to cover. Don't use God's good name to cover for our lack of character. That's what this is getting at. Swearing is really covering many times. Um, I never will forget, Amy and I, we hadn't been married very long. We were in our first little house, and we, we, we had just no money at all. And this dude comes to sell us. If you sell water purification systems, then that's a great business, and I'm glad you're in that. This particular guy, he comes, and we, again, we're just in a new house, and he, he just kind of, he comes in, and I, I don't know, early on, he found out I was in ministry, and so uh, this guy, you would think, he was the second cousin of Billy Graham. I mean, he got so spiritual. I've never met a guy so spiritual, and he was quoting passages of Scripture, and on and on and on. I mean, this, this dude, I mean, just, uh, uh, I mean, I thought we are going to have a, or a tent revival in our, in our front yard. I mean, he just continued to throw out his spiritual resume, and... Um, 
we bought that water system. It was way more than we needed. It was a terrible business. Deal. I mean, afterwards, I mean, I, I tell you, I, we should have never done that. It was a lousy water system. But he was kind of leveraging God's good character for a bad business deal. And we'll do that sometimes, right? We'll do that. And I, and I don't want to offend anybody. I, I think it's Christian businessmen and women, that, that's cool. But be, let me just say that this is my opinion. You may disagree with it. That's okay. You can be wrong. Be careful. Be careful in a business deal if somebody is just kind of over the top. They're just flaunting their faith. Kind of, you might want to be careful of that, right? It may be that they're trying to leverage God's good name for something that's missing in, in theirs. Now, and, and so that, this, this is what Jesus is saying. Breaking, breaking an oath. Here's another way. Here's, here's another thing. Man, this is, what does it mean to misuse the name of the Lord our God? Anytime we break an oath... Anytime we break an oath, we're in essence misusing the name of the Lord. So this, this third commandment is, is way more than cussing. It's not less than that, but it's way more than that, right? Because, and you might think, well, how will we do that? Like in marriage, you know, in marriage, when we, we stand before God, we stand before God and the pastor and our family and the, and the church, and we commit our life to each other. So think about that. If you're married here tonight or you're, you're about to get married, that's, that's a way to misuse the name of the Lord, uh, your God, to break an oath, to break a commitment in, in our life. And so here's the second question we could ask as we just move through this tonight in the next few minutes. In what way, is there any way in my life that I'm using God's good character to cover a flaw in my character? Does that make sense? Is there any way with the things that I'm saying that I'm trying to use God's good character to cover a flaw in mine? And what is that? That's misusing the name of the Lord, right? Does that make sense? Let's look at the third tonight. And the third point that, that we're making, and I'm so, I, I, I'm so glad that we're just slowing down and looking at each of these commandments one at a time. I, I just love it because we just, you can kind of slow down. There's just a lot here, isn't there? Really cool stuff. Nobody nodded there, which was super awkward, but I, I think so. The third law really says this, don't leverage God's name for your own agenda. It sounds a little bit like what I just said, but it, it's, it's, it's different. This is really good. Don't leverage God's good name, his, his character, for my own agenda. History is full of examples like this. In fact, the Crusades were predicated on this, right? Greedy men leveraged God's good name for their improper desires or their own agenda. Slavery was predicated on this in this country. Men in the name of God are taking Scripture out of context, trying to leverage God's name for their own personal agenda. History is full of examples of people who have misused the name of the Lord our God. Does that make sense? Now, how do we do it today in a, pra in a practical way? We do it when we sort of play the God card, right? And so misusing God's name for our own personal agenda in relationships, this will happen a lot. If you're, if you're single, you, you've probably been around somebody who's used the God card. They want out of a relationship, a dating relationship, which is fine. That's what dating is about. But instead of just being honest with somebody and saying, you know what, it's, it's, just, it's just not working out. It's not, a, it's not a good fit. We'll use the God card. You know what, I've been with the Lord and God just told me that I, that I need to break up with you. Have you ever had a friend who's been broken up with because somebody played the God card? Maybe that's what the, some of you are like, me, yeah. And, and, and maybe, maybe that's what maybe God did, but, but maybe they're just misusing God's good name 
for their own personal agenda. You see that? And, and in fact, that can really da- that's misusing the name of the Lord, right? You're saying something that God didn't say. And that can, that can really have some damage on a person, right? And I've seen a lot of people that have been damaged that way because they begin to think that God is that way. It's, it's not. It's just somebody misusing God's name for their own personal agenda. We'll, we'll see it. This, gets, this is going to get real. We'll see it in ministry sometimes. Like when, when, you know, there's an opportunity to serve, we might ask somebody to serve, and they say, well, let me, let me pray about that. I'm never really sure that we even need to pray about right, serving the Lord, right? And, then, then, and, then, and, and some of you may disagree with that. That's okay. But they'll, they'll come back and say, you know what, I've just, I've just heard from the Lord, and, and this is just not what God has for me right now. Well, I'm not... I'm not Maybe that's what the Lord said, maybe not. I would just say be careful, be careful not to leverage God's name for your own personal agenda. I mean, because the Scripture says there's some real consequence for that. God doesn't hold us guiltless uh, when we do that. And so here's the question. In what area of my life am I prone to play the God card? Is there any area in your life right now that you're kind of prone to play the God, God card? Let's look at number four. We're working through this pretty quickly. You guys are still hanging in there. Let's look at the fourth one. The third law says this, don't be overly informal with his name. Now this is, you're going to have to concentrate here because this will be tough and it'll challenge you. See, don't confuse closeness with God with informality with God. What do I mean, what do I mean by that? I was born, my parents, my parents were in college when I was born, and so as a little guy, I, was, I grew up in the locker room. My dad was a college athlete, and so I, I grew up. My parents tell me stories of just, you know, after games, I just was in the locker room with a bunch of college guys. That was never a good idea, to be honest. Like, I, I don't know. I tell my parents, like, what were you thinking at that point in time? I, and I know what goes on there. But so consequently, as a little guy, I called my mom. As a two- and three-year-old, four-, five-year-old little boy, I called my mom Chuck and Judy. That was their name. That's what all their friends called them. I mean, they were young. I just called them Chuck and Judy. And it was, you know, people laugh about that, uh, somewhat informal, but I would never call my dad that today. I never, like, as I've grown and, and I love him, and I'm closer to him today than I was then, but just out of respect for who he is as my father, I refer to him as dad, and I refer to, to Judy as my mom. Right? And, and, and so sometimes I think spiritually, like the, the scene from Talladega Nights, and I'm not trying to use it to be, to be funny, I'm not. It's just like this super informal, informal response where Ricky Bobby is praying to Jesus, and it's, it's just like this super informal response. What I'm trying to say is I think we have to be careful with that. Let me, let me show you something. And this is in June Wilkins' book, which, by the way, will sell after the service night. It is a great book on these 10 words. It will help you so much. I can't tell you how many people I know that are reading it right now, and they're learning so much. She makes this point that in the epistles, so in the letters, in the 21 letters in the New Testament, um, 95% of the time when in that letter it's referring to the Lord, uh, it is referring with a title of respect, with either Lord or Christ. Only 5% of the time in the epistles uh, is it referred to Jesus just by his given name, Jesus. What, what's the point? It is when you study Scripture, there is a reverence for the name of the Lord. And I think there's a lot, a lot here. In fact, as Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, how does the Lord's Prayer start? Our Father who art in, help me, heaven, hallowed be thy name. What, what is that, hallowed be thy name, holy or set apart be thy name. So, and you might be saying, well, what's the big deal here? 
I don't, I don't see that that's a big deal as I'm praying and I'm talking that I should use the, 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 the title the Lord or our Father or our term of, of respect. Well, why should I do that? Because a formal title as we think about Jesus is very formative in our spiritual life. It actually, this is, a, this is crazy, it actually creates more closeness, right? Because we grow in our respect and our awe of the power of who he is. You see that? So here's a question as we move on. Have I become too informal in speaking to or of the Lord? And, and so by doing that, I'm misusing maybe in some way the name of, name of the Lord. Let, let, let's, let's look on. Let's look at the, the fifth thing as we, as we wrap it up here in just, just a few moments. Here's the fifth thing, fifth point. The third law, and this is a big one. This is, the, this is ultimately the most important. It wraps everything up. The third law says this, really, don't associate God's name with anything that he is not associated with. That's what it means to misuse the name of the Lord because God's name represents his character, right? And so I misuse the name of the Lord when in my life in any ways, I, in any way, I'm, I'm associating the, the name of the Lord with something that he's not associated with. Because as followers of Jesus Christ, don't we bear his name, right? Yeah, absolutely. So look at Colossians 3.17. Look at this. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, that covers it all, right? Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Think about this. At salvation, see if you agree with this. At salvation, you had a change in name as you were adopted into his family, and you had a change in your nature as a child of the king. So if I, in my life right now, if I am associating anything in my life that's outside of the will of God, right, I'm associated with something that God's not associated with in word or deed, then I'm misusing the name of the Lord. Um, and that can be just an angry Facebook post, just reckless driving after church tonight, you know, with a fish symbol on the back of your car. That's beautiful, isn't it? Losing your stinking mind at a five-year-old's t-ball game, you know, sloppy drunk at a, a Titans tailgate, quitting on your marriage and on and on. What, what, what is the point? That's misusing the name of the Lord our God because we are associating as someone who now bears his name. It's associating his name with something that he's not associated with. Does that make sense? That is a big deal. Big deal. Um, you may have heard this story. It's one of my favorite stories. Alexander the, the Great, maybe one of the uh, most powerful and most brilliant military minds of all time. During his day, he conquered just about the entire known world. And there's a legendary story about Alexander the Great. One night as he was in battle, he couldn't sleep. And so he began to walk around the camp. And as he was walking around the camp, he came to one of the lookouts, one of the young men who it was his responsibility to stay up and be on guard through the night. And that young man had fallen asleep. Now, the penalty for that, many times uh, if a superior fall, uh, found one of the, these young guards asleep, they would pour kerosene on them and light them. That would motivate me to stay awake. How about you? Right? So the penalty of that could be death. So Alexander walks, Alexander the Great, he walks up to this young man who's fallen asleep, and the young man wakes up out of his sleep 
to see Alexander the Great there. Alexander the Great asked this young boy, he says, son, what is your name? The boy's name happened to be Alexander. He said, Alexander, sir. He asked him again. He said, boy, what is your name? The young man responded, it's Alexander, sir. He asked him a third time. He said, boy, what is your name? He said, it's Alexander, sir. And Alexander the Great looked at him and said, boy, change your name or change your behavior. That's a pretty good word, isn't it? That's what it means to misuse the name of the Lord our God in some way in our life, in word or deed, to associate with something that God's not associated with. Let me say this tonight. I said it a few moments ago by way of closing. Like, this could be one of those messages that could really load us all up with guilt, right? Like, man, great job. Feel super guilty tonight. Feel like I've been to church. Again, Every one of these things that I just, I've, I've, I've violated every single one of these. I'm not proud of that. I've violated every single one of these. I've broken every one of them. Let me tell you something. Here's the great truth, though, in the gospel, that Jesus has spoken a greater word over me in forgiving me. Isn't that good news? And set me free And not only that, but empowered me with the gift of the Holy Spirit, which gives me the ability now to walk out these laws in ways I never have been, I never were able to be before so that people can see the greatness of our God. You know, tonight, I want us to do something. Um, There's one final point. You know, as 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 we think about think about what we've talked about tonight. All of these have sort of been framed up in in a negative light. But I think as we close tonight, I think the third law challenges, the third law challenges us to give our words a higher calling. Instead of just saying what I shouldn't be doing or what I shouldn't be saying, how do I use, how do I use my words in a positive way? Listen to these two verses, and then we're going to live this out. We're going to sing praise to the Lord tonight. Psalms 29.2 says this, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due him. Is God due glory because of who he is and what he's done in your life? You better believe he is. And we have a chance to use our words to praise him, to lift him up. Worship the Lord in splendor, in the splendor of his holiness. So there's a positive side of this that we can use our words in this way. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Listen to what this passage says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I spent far too much time in my life tearing other people down with my words. I want to spend the rest of my life building others up with my words. There's a positive way to bring glory to God with what we say. It's a pretty powerful command. Don't misuse the name of the Lord our God. It is, I'll be honest with you, it is way more than than cussing, right? We talked about that tonight. It's not less than that, but it's way more than that. And it's what God's called us to. 
So tonight, I, I want you to stand. We're going to close this service out, and, and we're going to end in a positive light. We're going to end doing what our voices were meant to do, and that is praising the Lord our God.